name is Adam, and I've never seen The Fugitive. Welcome everyone to another episode of Fine All Watches. My name is Johnny. And I'm Bridget. Uh, and this is the podcast where we show one of our friends, an enemy, a family member, a foe, uh, <laughs> a movie they should have seen, haven't seen, why the hell have they not seen this movie. This week we're looking at The Fugitive. So this is a funny reason why we chose this particular film. <laughs> Um, our podcast has been plagued by through lines that we did not want to have, particularly Nazis. Um, so I'm happy to see that this one is not really an offensive through line. But the last three movies we watched happened to feature a prosthetic. Um, we watched Enter the Dragon, Hook, and what was the last one? Moonstruck. I already forgot. <laughs> Already like, God damn it. No. Just, all you can remember is the wooden hand. Just the yeah. wooden hand, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's miss, um, Missing Hand March, I think is what we called it. <laughs> <laughs> the end of last week. Um, so, and we have a fun theme that we're going to jump into in April, but we had one slot left open, and we said, hey, why don't we continue this prosthetic journey? Um, yeah, you guys and, leapt out of your chairs when you're like, oh, what about the Fugitive? I was like, I've never seen that in Doubled over. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one that should have been on the spreadsheet, like, a long time ago. Yeah, it wasn't and, even and on the list. And crossed off and done with. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't even on the it list. It wasn't even on the list. Today. It, well, this is a sort of cosmic justice coming together it with is. all four of these movies. Um, Stars aligning. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, this is 1993, mm-hmm. The Fugitive. Adam, why the hell have you not seen this movie? I don't know. I uh, I think I remember like seeing it on TV, either commercials at the time when it was coming out, or at the very least, this seems right up TNT's alley. Oh, or, oh like, yeah. Every Saturday afternoon is The Fugitive. Rock and... around the clock with this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This seems like it's like we're doing a Harrison Ford weekend where we've got Star Wars and this. And Guaranteed Air Force, viewership. Air, Air Force One and uh, yep. maybe an Indiana Jones if we have the rights to that at the current time. Um, so this absolutely seems like a it lived on cable all the fucking time. Or like I'd catch the last 30 seconds of it before whatever thing I was going. It's like, ooh, wrestling starts at 8. But this has to this has to Got finish it. wrapping up first. Got it. Um, so I it definitely existed in my world in some form or fashion. But I don't know. I just think that I wasn't chasing necessarily. Like I love Harrison. The fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know I love Harrison Ford in the Indiana Joneses and the Star Warses. Right. But I, I never like sought out any of his other stuff. I mean, I think I asked you guys last week: Is this a Harrison Ford, I want my family back movie. And you're like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We're not, we're going to tell you. Yeah. Um, but that 90s era Harrison Ford was nothing. I like did not care. <laughs> okay. There was nothing that I chased down from that. There was nothing that I was uh, looking into. I mean, I would have been a kid at the time, so mm-hmm. this wouldn't have been a thing I would have sought out. And then by that, by the time this would have been a thing I would have watched, it was long gone from the, the public the public eye and all anyone could talk about Harrison Ford was his dumb earring. Like by, <laughs> by the time I would It's have... cool. <laughs> Shut up. Callista Flockhart loved it. Yes, she did. 
So yeah, I think it would have just been a, I'm going to stick to cool 70s, 80s Harrison Ford and forget this period of his Got filmography. It. So I think that's probably why I never sought it out. Got it. Well, I know we've probably seen arguably the best Harrison Ford movie and the worst on this podcast already. So we'll have to see where exactly this one particularly lands. Wait, what's the worst? Uh, something special, holiday. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, that technically counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I was driving over here thinking about what sort of Harrison Ford movies we've seen. So Yeah. It's true. Um, I forgot about the holiday. Yeah, it's just Indian special. holiday special, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still enjoyed that one. But I don't know. <laughs> not, not his best work. Yeah. Um, Bridget, what about you? I love this movie. It's a VHS classic. It's a TNT classic. As you know, I loved Star Wars, loved Indiana Jones as a kid, and was just completely enamored of Harrison Ford. Uh, wanted to be him, wanted to be with him, that <laughs> So... When I was a kid, I would try to seek out Harrison Ford movies, and a lot of the "Give Me Back My Family" that genre. Yeah. There, a lot of them are R-rated, so I wasn't allowed to watch them. But this one was a soft PG thirteen, I believe. And I think my stepfather is a huge fan of this movie, so we were allowed to rent it one time, and it just took over my life. At least, mm-hmm. this is the kind of movie like if I find out. I don't even have cable anymore. But if I would find out that this is playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a TNT, I'm calling out of work. (laughs) I love this movie so much. Um, My brother and I would reenact a key scene from it, you know, on our swing set. Just, it's just, it's been a companion. Um, It's good you covered that because I was going to ask because you talked about acting out scenes from like Indiana Jones and stuff. So I'm like, is little kid Bridget with her lunchbox or backpack lunchbox full of indie tapes also reenacting the future? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure I could call Brendan right now and just not even say hello, just do the line and he would do it. Like, he would follow follow up immediately. Um, And then we would go on. But yeah, I it's great. It's just so good. Now I want you to do that on the podcast. Well, we can try it. We can try it in the post. We'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. He might ignore me, but if he answers, what do you want? he'll answer. I just, I just want to say this to yeah. you. Um, yeah, but that's my relationship with this movie. I haven't watched it in a couple years. It's not something that I see on streaming all the time, which I think is unfortunate. Yeah, it's not available. This is going to be a rental. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's... I think that's unfortunate, um, because this movie is so fucking good. Especially if you compare it to, I think... Which genre would you put this in? I just assume it's like an action. Yeah, it's like those 90s thrillers. I don't know. Yeah. Not to, like, keep this, I feel like, a broken record. I'm like, do they make movies like this anymore? (laughs) Um, But there's so much that is going on in this movie that I just, I miss this feeling, um, this sort of feeling when I watch a movie like this. Um, Yeah, but it's it's just a banger. (laughs) I, yeah, I did almost fall out of my chair when Johnny suggested it last (laughs) week, and then I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she walked in today and she's like, I'm so pumped for tonight. 
so red. <laughs> How about you? What's your relationship? This movie fucks. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is great. Um, I this is yeah this is uh, up there with some of my favorite Harrison Ford vehicles. Uh, it's just it's lean, it's mean, it's just moves at such a clip. I love movies that just are just edited so finely and they get right to the chase and it's just almost nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's got this great, like, 90s fucking score going on, and... Are you familiar who, who else is in it outside of Harris Ford before I start name-dropping people? Just Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, gotcha, so... And then this is connected to U.S. Marshals, or kind of pseudo-similar character? We'll get into okay. that yeah. space, but yeah. Um, uh, a, a high performance from Tommy Lee Jones, in my opinion, just mm-hmm. chewing scenery left and right, taking names, telling people that... Shut up, and I know what I'm doing. You know, like, that's the Tommy Lee Jones that I like to watch. Yeah, I'm in charge here. But, yeah, just, you know, it, it lived on cable. I didn't live on cable, but when it was on, I had to watch it. There's just key moments and scenes that just are amazing. And, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, this movie's great. This, this movie's movie, yeah. great. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. Okay, we're done then, I guess. All right, yeah, so, so you have to say for something. Yeah. <laughs> But, so, I mean, so you, have you seen, like, the Patriot Games, the Air Force Ones, the no. Witnesses, the... So I was just I was just scrolling through, doing a quick quick scroll on the IMDb's, and I'm th- obviously Star Wars and Indies. Sure. All of those. Um, I have seen Witness, like, once, and my mom was probably watching it, and gone. I just sure. Know, Amish... It's on our list. Like, I don't yeah. really remember seeing this movie either, so... Yeah, yeah. Detective... Lives with the Amish, gotta solve a murder or a kidnapping or something. Works with a little boy. That's all I remember Got about, it. Uh, about Witness. So I have seen that. Um, I have not seen Patriot Games or uh, this. Clear, Clear present danger. danger yeah. None of his Jack Ryan stuff. Uh, no Air Force One. No Six Days, Seven Nights. I think I saw What Lies Beneath. Because that's the scary, horror one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that maybe even in theaters. Because um, it would have been like, oh, alright, I'm maybe old enough to see this because it's PG-13 and I'm 13, so I think it would have just been one of those ones that right. I went to. Uh, I have seen Hollywood Homicide with Josh Hartnett. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm, I think I saw that on an airplane. Yeah. Oh, um, what an airplane movie. Oh yeah, it's an, absolutely an airplane movie because it's just... It's Most nothing. Harrison Ford movies are airplane movies. But <laughs> yeah. Whether he's on, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, nothing... I'm trying to think of anything more recently than that that I've seen him in... Uh, oh, both Blade Runners. I've seen yep. both Blade Runners. Um, and then I think that's that's it from what I've seen of him. I know he's been in other things or had like little cameos and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think it was just the big the big trilogies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of the smaller roles. But none of this, like I said, none of this 90s action Harrison Ford that completely escapes me. So I'm actually Got kind it. of interested to see him not in a genre movie since most of what I'm familiar with between Star Wars indie and Blade Runner is all genre Fantastical, movies. Yeah, at the yeah. Very least, yeah. And I and I don't remember Witness and I mean even What Lies Beneath is a horror movie so still a genre film yeah. nothing nothing like this really comes to mind. So I actually am uh, quite interested to see if I'm just watching Harrison Ford or if I can kind of lose him in it a little bit or if it's just like Oh, he's doing Han Solo light mixed with indie mixed with, you know, other things. So right. 
Now, are there like images, things, lines that live in your mind from just seeing glimpses of this? No, I literally know nothing about it other than I assume he's a fugitive uh, who may or may not be guilty. I, I'm leaning towards he's not, and he's been set up, and he's on the run um, from Tommy Lee Jones, and I, that's it. I know no okay. lines, no set pieces, no that's love interests, no family members. <laughs> uh, oh, and I know there's a prosthetic. Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just Is that why you're worried? <laughs> I'm just... Getting ready. I'm yeah. just so, like... The less I know, the better. The less you know, the better. Yeah, yeah that's great. And I know there's a prosthetic, which may or may not play a pivotal role, just based on the way you were like, oh, we should do The Fugitive. <laughs> like, thinking everyone in the room had seen it when you said it. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, chairs. Were no, right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't have exclaimed to, like, that, like, it being, like, a jaw drop or third act reveal that there is yeah. a prosthetic. No, but it's it's in there it's somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that. Okay. I don't know the context of the prosthetic. Got it. But I know it's arm based because <laughs> it fits within missing hand march. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because there are some scenes that I just see like even in like a I, they used to have like these DVD like coming out now or oh, you know yeah. or our studio and it's like a, a reel of all their best moments of all their movies mm-hmm. and there's just one that I constantly see and we'll get into it later on but it just shown all the time and stuff so the fact that you may be like oh shit that's that yeah and that's what i think will happen yeah but the fact that you can't think of that right now Mm -hmm. excites me yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i I, like i'm very much of the mind that i'm going to be like oh simpsons oh family guy oh another movie that just completely ripped it off and and someone's like are you doing the fugitive (laughs) like you know some monologue or something from that um, so yeah, I, I very much am of the mind that I'm going to be like, oh, okay, all right, I know this one. Got it. And, uh, thoughts, feelings on Tommy Lee Jones? Uh, I haven't really seen much of him, I don't think. Outside of, like, Men in Black? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the Men in Black movies. I think they're all at least okay. Um, the third one less so than the other two. Like, it, it definitely diminishes in quality. Uh, but I think his, his role is less and less in those two, so it... I don't know if that's a correlation or not. Um, but yeah, I don't... I'm trying to think of other things. He's in, uh, like, again, he's in that genre. Like, him and Harrison Ford shared that space for a while. Yeah. Um, and he's in, like, Double Jeopardy. He's nope. in... Um, what else? Oh, he's a voice in Small Soldiers that I have seen. Uh, Volcano. Oh, Batman Forever. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. I was, I, How I, could I forget? Yeah. I was thinking about it earlier today, too, when I was trying to think of what Tommy Lee Jones movies I knew. Uh, and yeah, Batman Forever, which I absolutely love. Oh, it's great. Uh, I was I was watching retrospectives on it recently because, like, the Batman came out, and so I've been in, like, a Batman mood. Like, I watched the movie the other day, um, and it's bad, but I love it because it came out when I was eight or whatever, and it just it hit me right at the it perfect cooks. time. I had all the McDonald's mugs with his, like... You know, his Two-Face face on it. Yeah. Uh, I always watch, like, the clip that always gets played and the quote that always gets played is Jim Carrey talking about how Tommy Lee Jones hates him. Yeah. Uh, and the line I always love is that he told Jim, like, on the set, like, I can't sanction your buffoonery. I yes. love that. Which is just a fantastic line. I think we've even talked about that here on this mm-hmm. one. Um, but that clip came up a bunch recently. Uh, and he's just chewing scenery. He's having a good time. He absolutely admitted to doing it because his kids, like, batman and superheroes and stuff so that's the literally only reason he showed up on set on day one 
and like even said he didn't understand the movie because he's like couldn't wrap his head around playing such a ridiculous yeah. man. Hey, kissed by a rose. Uh, yeah. did, if that was all that movie did, it would be enough. It'd be enough. It, was, it, it earns a passing grade right. with that. Yeah. Come then it's then it just skyrockets. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. But yeah, I don't think anything else from Tommy Lee Jones beyond just really Men in Black and and Batman. God, so you don't have like opinion one way or the other. No, like I don't think I've seen JFK all the way through. Oh, he's, uh, he's, that's a weird one for him. Yeah, Natural Born Killers, never seen it. Also a weird one. Yeah, like I said, Volcano, nothing. Oh yeah, and Small Soldiers. And so that's right, that's gotcha. really it. So really, no opinions on him one way or the other. How do you guys typically feel about him? Great. Okay. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah. Have you seen U.S. Marshals? No. Okay. No, but when I googled the movie, it, like it comes up in yeah, connection. Yeah, it's like other people have searched for this, and I was like, oh, I do think I remember hearing that. Like, he's either the same character, or it's his brother, or it's his twin, or it's some it's loose connection where it's you know they're in some yeah. similar semblance of a universe. The guy just commands a scene so well; it's just a fun to watch. Whatever he just chews it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Oh, there are a couple of other people in this movie. There's like a couple interesting faces. Yeah, that pop up. Yeah. Is the director that. anybody? Uh, the director is Andrew Davis. Okay. Uh, he directed uh, a few movies prior to this that are in like the same kind of molds of that like '90s action thriller. He also directed Holes. No. Oh, okay. That was my my skim of his filmography. Um, yeah, Under Siege. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these beyond that. Collateral Damage, is that the Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise one? Uh, that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Collateral, collateral Damage, is, yeah. Is the Tom Cruise. Oh, Correct. Yes. Yeah. I think the only tidbit I really know to add before we jump out of this pre-show <clears throat> discussion is that I think it was originally piloted as a TV show. It was originally a long-running, very popular television show in the 1960s. Okay, it actually was a television show. It was a television show. And then when the movie came out, they wanted to do a TV show as well afterwards. Another reboot or something like that. Got it. Is it connected to the TV show, or is it just like based on a show the way a million other things are based on shows? It's based on a show, um, you know, and instead of, you know, multi-seasons, they wrap the arc up in... 90 minutes. Gotcha. Okay. The show had more of a, you know, it's a show. It's more episodic. And we can talk about it. I think it might make sense to talk about it afterwards. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. Adam, what do you got to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it.
right, we are back. We've just finished with The Fugitive. Adam, you are on the hot seat tonight. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Great. <laughs> <laughs> no suspense. You guys you guys know I was enjoying it. We were, yeah. we were laughing, we were talking, we were having a great time. What a great movie. You guys did not oversell it, no. which I was a little worried about, considering you guys were like, love it, amazing, fall out of your seats, excitement, uh, that maybe it potentially wouldn't live up to the hype, or it, it wouldn't be a good enough story, or I don't have the nostalgia attached to it because I haven't seen it a bunch of times. Uh, but no, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, and it didn't... I'll, I'll just give my impression of your impression of it, <laughs> watching it. The opening credits, when it went like, yeah. and just Harrison, yeah. Ford. Yeah. I knew you were hooked immediately. Oh, yeah. I, that was, I was like, he's in. Oh, yeah. The first thing was him. great opening. It's just that classic 90s. Like, it's almost the same opening as, like, one of the Mighty Ducks movies, where it's just, like, skate zoom across the screen, like a puck zoom oh, across yeah. the screen with a skate sound, and it's like, I think it's the second one where it's, like, big and bombastic or whatever. Great. Just a great 90s bombastic opening. Big fan, right yeah. from the get-go. It's got, like, the impact font, drop oh, shadow, yeah. like, blue, ugh. Yeah, it makes no it makes no bones about like what you're here for. You're here for Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Right. It's just like we we got it. Above the fold, top of the poster, you're here for these two. Get ready. <laughs> right. But even if you didn't know when this movie one took place or when it was made, you're like nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It was absolutely like a Microsoft paint or you know, yeah, like yeah. early oh, yeah. guy just putting together t- topography. Word perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to belittle their job back then, but, like, that's what it is. <laughs> right. That's that's what my early PowerPoints look like. <laughs> <laughs> that font, slight gradient, uh, and just heavy on the, the bass and beat drops right there at the beginning. The score bangs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the score's, yeah, the score's no great. Hits all the right spots. I thought it was a little too cheery at the end, like, a, oh, we put a nice bow on it kind of thing, and... I didn't think it needed to go yeah, that, that high, but that's yeah, fine. it's whatever. Um, no, it was great. Uh, I liked the showing the murder just to be like, because they brush real quickly through the court case, which I was like, okay. I mean, I, I would have liked a little bit more of that. It seemed like an intriguing trial. Like, I would have loved to see the, the prequel that is the trial and the lead up and the investigation. Like, that seemed really interesting. Uh, but knowing that it was a movie about a fugitive, obviously we had to get to the on the run part of it. Uh, and I knew it. He was not. He was not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> he was not. Didn't matter. No. How was this for you? Was this everything you guys remembered? Yeah, I mean, but I've seen this like like two years ago. Maybe I saw this. Yeah. I was paying more attention now to the setting and the stunts and just how real the movie feels. <laughs> mm-hmm. How good it looks. Mm-hmm. They choose to shoot in these really interesting locations. Um, the St. Patrick's Day parade sequence Love is that. so fantastic. Yeah. The second I saw the Green River, I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> it, it fits right at home in Missing Hand March. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should have maybe flopped, switched it around a little bit and done this a couple weeks ago uh, for Saint, to tie it into St. Patrick's Day. But we didn't know we had the theme going until, we didn't know. until was... very recently. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love that. I love the sewer at the, yeah, the dam. Yeah. yeah, the dam at the initial chase when he's going through the, even the tunnel where they like catch him 
you're like, all right, where the fuck's he going to go? They got two ends of a tunnel. Uh, all the different hospitals are cool because there's angle, different angles and different corridors and the prosthetics lab and right. all these different things. So, Because, you know, you can you can have an on-the-run movie and have it be a lot of woods. You know, have it mm-hmm. be a lot of alleyways. And this kind of doesn't have any of that. Like, it has the woods a little bit right at the beginning because that's where the crash yeah. takes place. But it doesn't feel tropey in that aspect where it's like, oh, okay, we're just... We're going to stick to shacks in the woods and we're going to stick to underground. Like, oh, he's he's under the bridge with the hobos and that's where he's staying. Like, this guy's smarter than that. This guy's better than that. He can walk the surface streets. He can walk rooftops. He can go into the jail and just interview a, a potential <laughs> suspect because we don't need to do that kind of on the run, on the lamb kind of movie, which is good. Yeah, I mean the movie knows right off that tells you right off the bat that it's gonna be moving at a pace that's on par with the fugitive, essentially. Yeah, there's almost no downtime, but it doesn't feel frantic in that in that way. Where like you'd think it's like, okay, he's constantly in the run, they're constantly like one step behind him. Yeah. It could get a little tiring, it could get a little like, well, I know they're not gonna catch him until an hour from now, so like what are we doing? Can we let this breathe a little bit? Yeah, there's not like dogs barking the whole movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even in the moments where it does breathe, and they're they're brief, but they're paced really well throughout. Yeah. So that way you're not like, okay, well we got one respite, and then it's 100 miles an hour for 45 minutes, and that's too much. I can't handle it. Right, right. What do you think of the uh, the train cat the crash to set off the movie? So it's, it's a little over the top. <laughs> it is, but it's fucking real. Yeah, Like they yeah. crashed a fucking train. And yeah. The, I was my note is it's a little it's a little much because it's like okay the bus crashes and the bus crashes great and then the train comes and the train hits the bus and then part of the train detaches and then that goes off the rails yeah. and is chasing him essentially so I was like okay it's a, it's a little much but the one thing that it does have going for it is that it doesn't feel like a ride at Universal Studios where it's like you could see the cable like holding the train like some of those older movies yeah where. Or, like, when you watch a video of the backstage tour at Universal, you see this, like, weird, almost, like, animatronic dip of the subway car on King Kong. or sure. like, And it looks really fake. This didn't look fake because it was real. Yeah. But even, like, it seemed like the safety harnesses were off. Yeah, the there's a split-second shot where, I don't know, I, it couldn't have been Harrison Ford in reality. But the stunt double jumps off the bus, Love it. Oh, like Sideways, as the train yeah. impacts, and yeah, that was like what I was telling you before. Like now, your favorite movie is a DVD, yeah. and it like turns to like <laughs> vibrant blue, and it's just like the, the... Harrison. Ford. Yeah, uh, um, I had never considered. Oh yeah, they actually just said we're gonna crash a train into a bus. Yeah, and we're gonna get one shot to do it, and we'll just do it. Yeah. Well, and like even when the the train eventually comes to rest, like normally you see it slow down, and you see kind of the the safety mechanisms in place for it to just rest where they need it to rest. And this didn't feel like that. This feels like it hit that dirt mound at eighty, ninety miles per hour, and only the sheer force of the earth stopped it from going any further, yeah. uh, which was nice. I was a little worried that it's like, okay, it's so over the top. It's going to look hokey when everything kind of settles, and it didn't, which was good. No, it yielded a really cool like set to be played around with oh, in yeah, the morning when, when, when you got to see how everything looked with aerial shots and everything. Well, even that shot where he like he comes out from wherever he hid 
for the impact. So like under that bridge or behind like yeah one of the holsters for the bridge or wherever it was. And he's just standing amongst gears and sparks and fire and just like busted up train pieces. Like even that little mini set that he was on was like really cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's not something you would have expected to see necessarily in an on-the-run fugitive-style movie of this, like, just mechanical gears, oil, all this stuff, just, like, sparking and on and on fire. Yeah. But, yeah, once they once it was daytime and you saw it, just, like, the massive scope of the damage was, was really cool. Yeah, because throughout you're like, oh, it's, I can see that being a model, whatever, and then, like, they take a wide shot. It's like, oh, wow, they really kind of... I think there was one piece where I was like, that looks like a mod. Well, I'm sure there's some but, insert, yeah. insert shots or whatever. Yeah. They cheated it, but... But overall, yeah, you're right. It looked, it looked great. So after that, we have... He's now... He's on the run. He's on the run. Yeah. He's on the run. During the bus crash, though, we do get a sense of, you know, his morality. He makes sure to save the... Yeah. The um, corrections officer who's been stabbed. Mm-hmm. He's leaving a trail of good Samaritan deeds along the way yeah. throughout the movie, which is kind of a throwback to the show in a way, because he would end up in towns and each episode, you know, he's got the person to help of the He week. would do a good deed. And... As, yeah, as he's trying to, you know, solve the mystery of who's killed his wife and find the one-armed man. Oh, so the plot is literally the same the in the show. The plot is literally the same, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And ends with him Killing the one-armed man with the help of the marshal or the cop detective mm-hmm. who's been hunting him throughout the show as well. Oh, okay. At least it's a satisfying conclusion. It is. <laughs> right. Uh, I read that he uh, kills him at the carnival, like, on the Ferris wheel. Sick. Right? I almost want to watch the show. How many seasons is it? I don't think it's that many. I want to say it's two or three, but it's 1967 seasons where they'll put, like, a shit ton of episodes in, I want to say. Yeah, it was four seasons, 120 episodes. 90 in black and white, 30 in color. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so it ran, Ooh. it ran from 1963 to 1967. Wow. Neat. Yeah, I, would have, I wouldn't have thought it would have been the same story. I would have thought maybe each season, like one season is the one-armed prosthetic man, and then the next season, it's some other case that he... You know, he he goes into a town, he's still on the run, just because he found the guy who killed his wife doesn't mean he gets to go free, because he's still a fugitive. Like, <laughs> that was one thing I was like, I was glad that we didn't get that, but I was also kind of wondering about that, is like, okay, yeah, he didn't kill his wife, but like, he still went on the run, he still broke a bunch of laws, like he still, he still did things that would land him at least in some jail. But it seems like he just gets the happy ending he he deserves almost. Yeah. Um, so I was glad that we didn't have to cover that. Uh, but I was a little intrigued of like, what? I wonder if they're gonna do that. I wonder if they're gonna wrap like put a nice bow on it. Of oh, you saved the kid. You saved the uh, the guard. Mm-hmm. You know, you did something. It's probably something else. You led us to the drug dealer who you were renting an apartment from <laughs> somehow. Um, so that's we'll we'll count it as time served for the. Five minutes. For <laughs> um, I mean, you could look to the. Are you guys familiar with the Doctor Sam Shepard case? No. So the original Fugitive TV show, the 
creator said, swore up and down that it was not based off of this real-life case of Dr. Sam Shepard, who was accused of murdering his wife, convicted, proclaimed his innocence, claimed there was this man, this intruder that broke into our house. I saw him. That's the person who killed my wife. He was convicted. He hired F. Lee Bailey, like one of F. Lee Bailey's first cases, oh, shit. to defend him again in a second trial. He's acquitted. But it was this huge media circus at the time. And Dr. Sam Shepard gets out. He's sort of, in some ways, you know, it's not as dramatic, mm-hmm. you know. But he essentially has the same arc as Richard Kimball. But when he was released, uh, he really struggled. He could not return to medicine. Uh, in fact, he killed multiple patients on the operating table. Oof. Wow. Um, had to essentially stopped being a doctor, became an incredible alcoholic, and died four or five years after he was released of alcoholism. Yeah. Um, But he spent the last years of his life as a professional wrestler. Hmm. That's so cool. (laughs) Developed, Adam, you might know what this move is. Hold on. Let me go back to my notes. Uh, Shepard used his anatomical knowledge. Oh, the mandible de- claw. The mandible claw. Yeah, yeah the, the official finishing move of mankind McFoley. Yeah. See, <laughs> I knew I saw mankind. I'm like, Adam knows who that is. Oh, yeah, I've read his oh, yeah. I better make, <laughs> let me screenshot this. Yeah, I read him. his autobiography in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, probably in reality wouldn't go well if we had to look at the Sam Shepard case as a as a model. No, this is this through line is better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want to see Harrison Ford go on the run and then become a raging alcoholic. Though I would love to see his turn as professional wrestler. That's <laughs> the Vanderbilt Claw. That would have been great. That's would've re- true. Would've we really can, enjoyed we can that. detour into wrestling. But yeah. Otherwise, stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Find out who killed your wife first. And then use that notoriety to cut some great promos. <laughs> Good shit. So yeah. like we got the we got the train crash and then we have Tommy Lee Jones showing up. Oh yeah, Mowing, just Mowing chewing, for, yeah. chewing all the scenery. Great. Every yeah. line out of his mouth was great. <laughs> the way that he just so casually demeans and makes fun of his entire staff. Like I loved later on in the film where he's like, and don't want to make fun of your ponytail. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making fun of the lady's shoes. It's like I told you not to wear heels. And every every single time he does that to somebody. That person's always like, hey, how come you're never making fun of that guy? And then he does. Like, yeah, in the very right. Next scene. But yeah, all his lines are great. Has Takes no guff from anybody. Yep. Not putting up with any of his shit. Of anybody's shit. Uh, the scene where, like, they think that he's dead. And he's obviously not dead. Uh, which, the, the jump off the thing. I was a little worried it was going to go off the rails at that point. <laughs> It's like, oh no, what are we in for? But Tommy Lee Jones immediately knew he wasn't dead, even though he definitely should have been. Oh, off the dam, yeah. Yeah, off the dam. Uh, and then, turns out he's not dead. They see him later. Turns out he's right again. And then, I love the scene where they're they're back at the headquarters of the U.S. Marshals, and he's like, you know, don't question the big dog. Like, don't come for the big dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big dog's always right. He's like, yeah, yeah, you've been right before. We know how this works. You're the big dog. Right, right. <laughs> There's a line that he delivers like poetry when they first realize that Richard is alive 
has survived the crash, at least. They find his, his leg irons. Oh, yeah. And he starts to set up the perimeter, and he says something on the lines of, I want us checking every gas station, every house, every dog house, every hen house, every cat house, <laughs> every That's owl so house. Eight houses. Just, like... It couldn't be delivered better. G- yeah. Give him the Nobel. Oh my God. It's so perfect. I love the line right before that where he's he's essentially interrogating the other prison guard. Yes. Uh, and he's just like, look at that. Leg shackles. You know how weird it is? We find leg shackles with no legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're always fascinated, yeah. Yeah, when that happened. That was, yeah, that was great. Every single line is great. The, the one that I immediately knew was the one you were referencing beforehand of... Kimball looking at him, gun pointed, which, like, that gun's not going to work. It's completely waterlogged. Water's literally dripping, like, into the chamber. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. And he's like, I didn't kill my wife. And he goes, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Oh. Yeah, I looked right at you, and I was like, that's the line you'd say to your brother. I knew, and yeah. I knew, like, it's so... As soon as you see something like that, when your brain is really mushy and elastic and can, like, hold on to something, there's no... It just, it warps it. And it just... <laughs> There's nothing you can do but recreate that scene over and over on the swing set. And you have to take turns. What? Who gets to be Tommy Lee Jones? And who gets to be Harrison Ford and jump off the slide? So you guys are just out on the swing set, like finger guns pointed, like, I didn't kill my wife! What? Like, in the... <laughs> <laughs> so we had that, yeah. Good times. That leap. No, the leap is... <laughs> and, like, I missed the start of it, because I think I, like... I think I you looked, looked away. At, well, I looked at you to be like, that was the line, right? And then I turned back, yeah. and it's just a ragdoll flopping over, doing like a senton. And he like flips forward a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Like, it would have made way more sense if he slid down it, then I'd believe. Because, like, that's a huge fucking leap. And in the water, while it's rushing against the side of concrete, isn't going to give him enough padding to where he's just going to become a part of it the way that he sure. does. Uh, and, it, like, every bone in his body would have been broken. Like, he would have broken at least a leg. The fact that it's no broken arm, no broken legs, no concussion, hemorrhage, not, like, he still just has the one laceration <laughs> that he fixed up But he's earlier. a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I guess he knew the exact way to fall. Exactly, yeah. Which will help him amazingly in his future career as a pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I just want to mention real quickly, I do like his first visit to the first hospital where he's like shaving the beard and he's eating the old man's egg sandwich. I always thought that egg sandwich looked like, like <laughs> yum. Yeah, he's just pushing it on and then he's licking his hand. Because you can tell how hungry he is and exhausted. Yes. Yeah, because it's probably been at least a day since he's had anything to eat. And what he did have is probably gross ass prison food. Yeah. Right. And he shaking, shaving with a safety razor, he nicks himself. Mm-hmm. He's managed to put the doctor's uniform on kind of but he still really looks like dog shit yeah yeah <laughs> well he still got the cut in his head and stuff like that and you know he, he cleaned himself up as best he could yeah. it was a little uh, convenient the fact that like the overalls from the trucker fit him and then the old man's clothes fit him it was just like eh, okay i'm gonna yeah. like i'm gonna let it go because the movie's been good so far <laughs> but in a worse movie i would have been like no why does everything fit <laughs> <laughs> and you have the corrections officer getting brought in mm-hmm. at the same time and putting the oxygen mask yeah. over him like yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a little weird for me because he obviously recognized kimball right then there at the hospital and he tells them that later but it seems and maybe it's just because of the 
the drama of it all and concussions and whatever, but you'd think he would have also been like, oh yeah, I saw him at the hospital. But then like, he also saved me from the bus crash. So he at least did a good thing. And that would have come up at some point and been like, yeah, he saw him there, but he also said he's the one that saved him. So maybe he's not like, and that would start the wheels turning and maybe he's not such a bad guy the way it does for the audience. Mm -hmm. Because up until that point, we have a feeling he didn't do it based on the fact that every single piece of footage of the murder has nothing from the neck up. Right. Except for maybe a chin, which could be anybody. But that's when you really start to go, okay, man, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Like He's saving people. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And I feel like a convicted murderer would forget the Hippocratic Oath at that point since he did a bunch right. of harm earlier. It may have ended up on the cutting room floor. I mean, yeah. again, just like the show, that like all these good deeds that he does, it's like, how many do we really want to show do we need to show? Yeah, and you don't need to show that many. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not even the big deal that it doesn't come up. It was just one of those things where as I was watching, I'm like, I really hope that guy said he saved me from the bus crash. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're playing a little bit of catch up, but the when we get to the ambulance into the tunnel, what was your immediate thought of where he went? Would you say, oh, he probably went into a sewer or? Well, you see him go into the sewer. No, I know, but there's they do a cut where he kind of just like dips away at a frame, and it's just like also they don't know where he went, and then you hear. Oh no! You see him slide down it. Like he gets, he looks at the grate, and then he like goes in. Like I knew he went into the grate. Yeah. Okay. So to answer your question, yeah, whether yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. As direct as it was meant to, as soon as he saw, he looked at the grate, they showed it in a frame. Got it, And okay. then he got down and was like... Okay. I don't know if I caught that yeah. then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know if it was that direct, but that's... Yeah. I knew that's where he went. You don't see him get into it. It is Chekhov's grate, though. Yeah. Um, but I do, like... I know what you mean, the way that shot is cut. It's just him getting down. It could be he's hiding under a car, but... Mm-mm. Yeah. Right. He's sliding in. No, I knew he had to he's... leave the tunnel somehow because, again, they've they've trapped him in a tunnel. Tommy Lee Jones is screaming. Yeah. Is there a tunnel in the head? Twenty-two minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um. So I know that it's not right going to be a situation. And granted, it could have been they get him, and then that kicks off the the mystery solving part of it. Sure. But I I knew he left. Yeah. Yeah. And that he had to leave in order for. The fugitive to continue. And I think we're caught up, but I have to ask, you've never seen him, that image of him jumping off the dam. Nope. None of that shit. Wow. Nope. (laughs) Again, another one of those, like, get ready for your DVD player to pop (laughs) off. And granted, I might have, but it didn't register to anything because I didn't care about seeing the fugitive, or it's not a, a big enough moment where it reached a bunch of things. The one thing I had seen from this movie came from the end with the transit cop where he goes Kimball and then like points the gun. Oh, the scrubs. Because they showed it yeah. in scrubs where the guy who plays the transit cop plays the janitor and he's trying to convince JD that he used to be an actor and was in a movie. And they showed that scene of him going Kimball and Harrison Ford turning around and being like, see, see, that was me. I, I was in a, right. a movie. So that's literally the only thing I, that registered any memories for me whatsoever. That's from great. This movie. So it's amazing. You evaded that. Yeah. Yeah, so nothing of that, not, no line, no piece of dialogue from it came through. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I don't care. Nothing Tommy Lee Jones said or did, like none of it. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising considering that this is a movie that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. People liked, got a pseudo sequel, and clearly made other pop culture references. Uh, but yeah, it just That's never... amazing. That was the only moment where I was like, oh, okay. 
I think I said it too when he came on screen. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Scrub. Wait a minute. <laughs> I have seen this part before. All right, so he miraculously lives. Yeah. Not, Again, I knew he not was fish going food. To. The, oh, that line was great too of like, he's fish food by now. Well, then go catch me the fish that ate him. Yeah. <laughs> he's back in the water, back in the woods. And. This is where he kind of ends up going to Chicago. Or no, he, yeah, he, he, he hitchhikes to back to Chicago. Yeah, because yeah. he has a dream where we see more of... The murder is slowly revealed in more detail in mm-hmm. the first third. You get more and more during the opening bit and credits. It's really choppy, really stark. Yeah, you can't see who's killing, killing her. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit more gets explained during the interrogation and trial process. Yeah. but. In his dream, you see really what he's experiencing of fighting the one-armed man. We see the arm. and We see him giving her mouth to mouth. mouth. So it like 100% confirmed. And granted, it's a dream, so it could be misleading. It could be a red herring. But obviously it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, he's giving her mouth to mouth. So we know he tried to rescue her. He chased the guy away. We don't really get a good look at that guy's face. Not that it really would have mattered because we don't see the other guy until we know for a fact he's the one who did it. But yeah, so that's what kicks off his like. Find that man. Yeah. That yeah, man. you find that man. You find that man. Find that I man. love find that man. Um, and so, uh, we're headed to Chicago via a lot of train tracks, crisscrossing. Oh yeah, Illinois is made entirely of train tracks, according to this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every scene is a train in it, elevated or otherwise. Elevated, yeah. He. Calls his lawyer from a payphone. Lawyer says, I can't help it help you. Where are you? I'm in St. Louis. But the U.S. Marshals are able to trace him. Yeah. Because Tommy Lee Jones is a great detective. Yeah. Because of a train. And an the bell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the bell and the PA system that says the stop that he can they can isolate with their it's so good. 1990s. Even that seems great. <laughs> yeah. it's, Rewind that. I want to hear what an elevated sound train. Yeah, <laughs> you tell me. You must have the best ears ever. What does an elevated train sound like, and not a ground train? And then at the end, when he's like, "See, I knew it was an elevated train." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big dog. You always right. Yeah, yeah. All of the scenes in the uh, like their little headquarters were great. That's the thing is what's great about that is in other movies they may have chosen to sort of villainize these group of cops going after him, but yeah. they're a lot more charismatic. You enjoy being in the company of these people yeah because even when he says like i don't care he doesn't say it in like a i'm gonna fucking get you manner he's just like a dude i don't give a I'm shit i'm just like, doing my fucking job i just gotta bring in yeah. a guy who's on the run like i don't give a shit who you are or what you do like you could be a mass murderer or you could be a guy who jaywalked like i don't give a shit like you broke out of jail and i just right. gotta get you yeah um so yeah you're right that's a really good point that other movies would make it out so that way it's a us versus them mentality. Yeah. Uh, but here, yeah, it's just two guys just trying to do do their own thing. <laughs> right, right. They just happen to be at odds with each other. We do get to see them all in action. Yes. Catching the other mm. convict who managed to escape. That scene started out so ridiculous. <laughs> Tommy it's Lee so Jones' out- hobo outfit with his like little at- hat with the ear flats. Oh, yeah. He's got a little South Park hat on. <laughs> yeah. Fargo hat. Yeah. He's doing like this weird waddle to be like, eh, I'm a wino. Eh. I like how they like, reveal the U.S. Marshals with oh the patches, the back patch. <laughs> Perfect. 
Well, because, like, they got the shotgun in the little box or whatever, and they drop it like it's the, they're pulling a gun out of the thing of flowers that you see. Yeah, in like Terminator 2 or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Terminator 2. Um, and then, and he's like, oh, hold on, you got something here. Like, it's he's going to fix the tag. Yeah, yeah. Like, on a jacket or something. Like, oh, your shit's inside out. Uh, and he just rips the Velcro. <laughs> 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 just flaps out. That would be a great group Halloween costume. That would be great. Oh, Wait, you guys are as tall as people? Yeah. yeah. Oh, big, nope. d- just deep cut. But everybody. So somebody's got to be the Joey Pantaleone as the plumber. Someone's got to be the flower oh, delivery man. person. Okay, well, it sounds like we found our Halloween costume. I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. It's only March. <laughs> and then not tell anyone, like, what are you? Because it wouldn't make sense. It's no. not a... One, Fugitive is not... Apparently not... Right. Well yeah. referenced in pop culture. And then we just drop the Velcro. I got your man! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have multiple people of yeah. Harrison Ford at different stages. So, like, one in the doctor suit, one in the tuxedo, oh, one yeah, in the camo, all beard, no beard, the whole thing. Yeah. Run Just for men. Yeah. Yeah. Brown hair, yeah. black hair. The fly down with the, sh- the shirt coming out of the yeah. fly. <laughs> Everyone's got an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's good shit. But yeah, that scene's great. And then yeah. I like the little dialogue exchange afterwards where he's talking about how he almost got permanent. Hearing damage. Yeah. And he's like, I don't bargain. Yeah. How do you feel when we get to Chicago and now we're we're still in fugitive mode, but now it's more into kind of mystery. I like it. Almost puzzle solving in a way. Yeah, I like how it almost becomes like a almost noirish a little bit because we're getting a real detective story from two different points of view. Because like Tommy Lee Jones is trying to unravel where he's going and what his motivations are and what he's doing. And then by proxy, also gets swept up in reinvestigating the wife's murder as a result of it. Um, but he's always one step behind because Harrison Ford is just one step ahead the whole time because he is going out and he he knows what hospital to go to that has the like the orthopedics and the amputee clinic. Yeah. You know, he knows where to like go and ask the right questions. Like he knows what to do. You see him at one point, like he must have gone to a library because reading a book about you know orthotics and stuff like that so i like the mystery aspect of it of like okay well obviously we know he's innocent we know somebody else with a prosthetic killed his wife but we don't know who we haven't met any characters with prosthetics where it could be like a oh i wonder if it's that guy or i wonder if it's this other dude like if he had worked in the orth- orthotics section of the hospital beforehand it might have been like a, oh okay this is He's going back through old patients or something to see yeah. if he screwed something up. But the fact that we have no connection to that other than this, like, random attribute was cool. And so to watch him unravel that, I liked the mashing up of the on the run with the detective story to unravel this bigger mystery. Because that's the cent- really the central thing of this movie is that mystery of who killed his wife. And the fugitive part of it, even though it's the titular thing, is almost secondary to at least what I was caring about right do you think it was gonna be more like a globe trotting different locations because in the beginning it's kind of that and then it kind of just settles in chicago yeah I, I hadn't really thought about it um the fact that they make it very clear pretty early on that he is innocent does make it seem like we're gonna be kind of centralized to this got um, it but beforehand i had no like literally nothing no clips no nothing right, to right. go on to know that this is a chicago illinois centric story it could have been a New York, Chicago, L.A., Las Vegas, like going to different cities and being more 
Um, yeah, go like when are going down to that Florida, wherever they went to go fishing or something stupid. Where yeah, Cancun yeah. or yeah. Bermuda or whatever. Like yeah, I, I'm glad there wasn't the globe trotting aspect of it. I think a good movie could exist if you did that, and he goes to different places and he gets set up. He finds money Planes, somewhere. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, so like <laughs> a, you could make a road trip movie out of something like that, and it probably would have worked and been good. But I like the detective aspect of this because you know right. me, I like a good detective story. Yeah, yeah. The thing I like about the detective story, too, is because Richard is on his own, you never have... He's never explaining what he's doing ahead of time mm-hmm. to anyone. There's never some, here's my plan, this is what I'm going to do. You know, we get that with Tommy Lee Jones's character, but sometimes you get to be surprised by Richard's moves and what he's doing. Like, why is he stealing this badge? What is he going to try to do? Yeah, nothing's telegraphed. Yeah, I thought he steal. I thought he was stealing the badge because it was a key card system, mm-hmm. which it might be a little too early for that Maybe. to have been the case. But I assumed it was so that way he could go throughout the hospital because he needs information. Not like I'm going to essentially get a job here to to do days worth of research. He put in some work. He did. Yeah. He does some blinds. He was <laughs> The dusting blinds got me. What the fuck? He's just sitting at the computer, does with a long ass broom, just swiping <laughs> at it so the girl with the Walkman doesn't know what's Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I like that whole sequence in the, the Cook County Hospital. He saves that boy's life. Julianne Moore was on to him. I thought maybe she was going to be more involved after that, that she was almost going to like help him along, but she probably her star wasn't as big back then, so she was just like a, a one and done kind of moment. But I thought that was cool. She was like, yeah, yeah, he I'm just tired and I want to go home. It's like, OK, well, did he do anything else? Well, he saved that boy's life. So not a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one of the, the strangest parts of this movie, just because Julianne Moore does become such a she's yeah. so recognizable. That yeah, a huge. It's bizarre for her role to be that small. Yeah. But, I mean, literally like two years from there, she's like a boogie nice. Yeah. 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 So she hasn't hit that yet. Um, and like Jane Lynch is in this movie for a little bit, has kind of a big role, yeah, because uh, she helps figure out that the tissue samples have been switched and the you know all that stuff. So like, there's a lot of people that show up where you're just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yep. I've read different things that her role was going to be larger at one point, and then they cut it, which I think was a great move. But that's why she's something like fourth build. In the movie. Really? I, I believe so. Yeah, because I was trying to think when I saw it, because like, she popped up and I was just like, oh, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had seen her in anything prior to 1993. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she basically resurged with all the Judd Apatow productions. She was mm-hmm. put into a bunch of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the first thing I ever really saw her in was 40-Year-Old Virgin. Sure. Granted, I hadn't seen The Fugitive before, otherwise I'd be like, oh, that's the, that's the other doctor from The Fugitive. <laughs> I saw Julianne Moore's name in the credits, and I was like, oh, I wonder if, you know, wonder where she's going to be. I wonder how she's going to play into it. Uh, but I liked her, her little seg- segment there at the uh, at the hospital. Yeah, like Joe Pantaloni in this as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Joe Pantaleano was great. The I liked their whole crew. The guy with the ponytail was funny when he needed to yeah. be. It seems like his ear is fine. <laughs> yeah, by the, yeah. The dude with the mustache was great. He had a lot of, like, quick one-liners and yeah. funny asides and... Uh, at one point, like they're getting out of the elevators, I think towards he's like, "What? Where, where are we going? What's happening? What are we doing?" He's like, "Just walk. <laughs> just, just, just stop. Stop. Whatever you're doing and thinking, just stop." At any point, did you think the movie was going to turn into like, "Oh, they're going to catch him," and then sort of they're going to work together to figure it out, or at some point, we're like, "Okay, they're just not going to catch him till the end." 
after he leapt off the, the dam. Yeah. Anything was possible. <laughs> well, that's when I kind of knew that, like, oh, this is going to culminate in, in the end. Like, this, okay. is, this is going to be a climactic Tommy Lee Jones gets him because it's been, he's put him through too much shit. Like, uh, Harrison's put Tommy Lee through too much shit for them to just, like, let bygones be bygones and work together. Because it, it takes Tommy Lee getting every single piece of the puzzle and solving the murder for him to essentially bargain with uh, with Harrison Ford. Yeah, and the, the movie isn't called The Innocent Man or The Wrongfully Accused. It's yeah. called The Fugitive. Yeah. Like, the guy's gotta run for at least, like, fucking 90% of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think early on I thought that was a possibility of, like, oh, they're gonna get him. And they're going to see that he did some good things. And they're going to be like, okay, you get one shot at this. Like, what do you know? What do we do? We're giving you 24 hours. We'll help you. Right. Kind of thing. Because we see that you're not a cold-blooded killer. Because that other guy just up and left people for dead. And you at least, like, tried to do stuff. Um, But then once that, once he was gone from that moment, I knew it was a a game-on sort of situation. of Time he wasn't going to rest until he, he got his man, essentially. So we have a lot of investigations, near misses, the St. Patrick's Day parade, mm-hmm. chase. Great chase. So fun. I love the little bowler hat he pulls out of the trash. Oh, that's great. And then walks to the, the Shriners or whatever. <laughs> yep. I love all the tension building when you realize they're in the same building. They're mm-hmm. in the same building. They don't realize they're in the same building. They're so close. That's great. And, you know, everything coming together. The team is waiting on the elevator. Tommy Lee Jones is taking the stairs. And that pause he does after he realizes he's seen him. Mm-hmm. And then the run down the stairs. Yeah, so. that's great. Kimbo! Or Richard. Yeah. And then Harrison Ford, look, like, don't look up, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't look up and don't use the rail the entire way down. Like, yeah. go to the edge of the, the, mm-hmm. the wall. I, and I also, like, <laughs> like... I don't know whether Harrison Ford was just having a sore day or this was a choice, but he runs gimpy compared yeah. to Tommy Lee Jones's cooking. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is like he's got lingering issue, uh, injuries from the crash. Or the, the jump. Or the jump, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that must be, because I noticed that too. I was like, oh, he's got kind of like a limp that I don't, I don't recall him having before. But it makes sense that that would only mm-hmm. come up when he's running, not walk. Because he walks right. fine. Yeah. But it's the run where he's got like a weird gait. And you can tell that he's got some kind of leg something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tommy Lee Jones is running with the speed and focus of a sibling who you've just... You, you know you've pushed him too far. <laughs> <laughs> like in the roughhousing and now they're coming to get you. Right. Yeah, you'd be like, no, I didn't take your stuff. Yeah. I don't I'm care. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late, and it's between them getting you or you getting to mom. You, yeah. And you better move. Yeah, mom is the closing emergency exit. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Police station. I also like the throwaway officers. There's a man back there. Waving He's a gun. Waving a, waving gun, a gun, gun, shouting at a woman. Yeah. I love the partner coming in. He's a U.S. Marshal. He's a U.S. Marshal. So <laughs> he gets. He's constantly has his badge covered up. Like, it's always on his lapel, but he's always got something over it. Like, yeah. when they first show up to the train wreck, he has, like, a flap he pulls open. 
And then in the precinct there, the, the jail, he's got his scarf over it that he has to right. move it to, to tell people what's going on. I love that. I, there's something purposeful about that. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to be necessarily seen as a cop if you're trying to be low-key chasing somebody. You wouldn't dress up like a weird hobo if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want to be disguised a little bit. But it would have helped him in that situation yeah. to have the badge ready as he was running through waving a gun. Oh, yeah. Then he unloads a clip into that fucking door, just looking at him. I'm surprised he didn't shoot for the foot. He just shot for the like the glass in yeah. his face, which it's bulletproof. But he, I would have thought, shoot him in the foot. That way it's going to leave a trail of blood, and you can follow that really easily. Right. I thought you were good at your job. Harrison Ford, when he shoots at his face and his head, mm-hmm. looks so hurt. He's like, why would you do that? Yeah, I thought we were There's, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude, be cool. Yeah. I saved that boy. <laughs> yeah. I told you I was joking. But Tommy Lee Jones has a great look, too. He's oh, furious. Yeah. Well, he's furious, but he's also like, come on, man. Stop running. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I'm gonna catch you. Just chill. The exterior shots in the parade itself was filmed during the actual St. Patrick's Day parade. Nice. They just went for it, and... Just had Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford run in the parade at random. So imagine yeah. you're watching your local yeah. bagpipers club <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones yeah. at the speed of sound comes <laughs> booking it. Yeah. You're standing the parade. You're, you're standing there at the guardrail watching your daughter twirl her baton and then he just comes next to you and leaps over the wall to look down. And yeah. Go then there's a frightening man in a, a sparkly bowler hat and you're like, Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> It's Harrison Ford, the yeah. man of your dreams. Then you're in the theater the next year, and you're like, holy shit, I'm in The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Harrison Ford said they were able to film basically on an interrupted and unrecognized for about seven minutes. Yeah. Because then you'd be film. like, oh my god, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. You start to know the cameras and... Like, yeah. What? Yeah. That's awesome. After the parade, that's when he calls Lester from the bar. Yeah, I think because he he already has the a piece n- of paper with the seven possibles on it, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, and he's down to like the last couple because that's why he's at the jail cell before the parade. Right. Is that's one that's the one guy he hasn't been able to see or get a hold of besides Sykes. Mm-hmm. So that's when he just goes to Sykes' house to to check things out to see to see what he can see. And then he unravels the whole thing. Yeah, the photos, all that shit. Yeah. And at first when they showed him being an ex-cop, I was like, oh, the cops are in on it. And because the Chicago PD through this whole movie has been so adamant that he's a killer, that he's awful. Right. I mean, that one guy at the podium is like, you know how seriously we take this and how much we want to get this guy. So I'm going to give you a bottle of scotch if you get him. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is another layer. The cops are in on it. And granted, it was kind of an inside job, but it wasn't to the level I thought it was going in that moment. But it was still cool that it was like, oh, this is this is a frame job, not just a happenstance murderer, vagrant, saw the door ajar when she got home or something. Right, right. So I thought that element was cool. It added a little extra spice to it because it's like, oh shit, what's, what's going down here? And when they showed the guy in the picture, I was like, we saw that guy before, right? Like, I'm pretty sure we saw that yeah, guy. Yeah. So it was nice that it cut back to the benefit that we saw earlier to be like, okay, it's that guy from the benefit. Gotcha. I always have a hard time pegging. It seems like, what, two years have passed from the killing to where we are 
in the movie. I believe so. Because they talk about, you know, last summer, you know. I think it was a year because if the movie is set in 93 or whatever, he when he's looking up the files and trying to narrow it down. It's 92. It says 92 of the last time they got their arm updated or got maintenance on the arm, which you would need to because Harrison Ford broke it in the mm-hmm. fight. So it's got to be somebody that fixed it right afterwards. And so it's probably been about a year. Yeah. Okay, got it. And that's probably how long a trial for something like that would take. It would take about a year to right. do all... It, even though it was slam dunk, open and shut with all of the evidence that they had. Yeah. Which, that was really heartbreaking when they played the 911 call and she's just like, Richard's trying to kill me. Richard trying to kill me. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. You yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. How'd you lie like that? But I mean, death. Right. Well, she's saying... Richard. Like she's calling for help from him. Trying to kill me. Yeah. And it's interpreted as Richard is trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, I know what she's doing in the moment. It was just like so heartbreaking. Like, ah. Oh, I know. That sucks. Which you'd think. You'd be like, well, she's clearly in the middle of dying. You really think that that's... Like her her brain is bleeding out and has been crushed by a lamp. I don't... I don't think that... uh, I don't think that you can trust those words. But... With all the other fingerprints and and everything. And the blood on his clothes and all these other Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. I get why it was open and shut, even if he was an innocent man. Did you think that we were given, like, a dump of information at that point? Was it, like... I feel like it was fairly gradual, and then we get to his house, and we get, like, a ton of shit, like, right off the bat. You're learning about pharmaceutical other things and all these... It just seems like... To me, it seems like a lot. Yes and no, because you're right. We we don't get... We get a, a real trickle of information up until this point, and then it's like... Okay, we're going to spell it out for you now because we're we're nearing we're rounding third, so we got to tell you what all the signals that the third base coach is doing. Right, mean. right. Um, but it's nice that throughout the movie we were showing these flashbacks to that night that when they do it here it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel wonky where if Yeah, we're like, "Oh, that's what it is." It's like, "Oh, maybe that's what they were saying to me before." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, "Okay, we showed you this a little bit, but you didn't get why it was important now here's why it's important we're just going to show you the beats which i do kind of like because if they had just shown me the tax stubs from the pharmaceutical place and didn't cut back to show that that was who was putting on the benefit that the guy was there i would have been like i don't fucking know what that is that's not a real pharmaceutical like i don't i don't know it doesn't mean anything to me and it would have taken another 10 15 minutes for tommy lee jones to piece it together right and it would have just been me sitting there going hey why they show me that for a reason but like why can we explain it can you show me something this is a good example of telling me the answer as opposed to just being like just just stick with us another 15 minutes and you'll figure it out or we'll tell you later um so it wasn't me sitting there going like i know it's important and taking me out of the movie because i'm thinking about it right right but because the flashbacks are there it works where otherwise it wouldn't necessarily work that way because you'd be like, okay, why are you just showing me flashbacks now? You show me no flashbacks this whole time, and now you're just showing me the answers? Like, that's weird and wonky. Right. Yeah, because there is a point where you decide if you like the chase element more of this movie, or you like, like the investigation, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I like both yeah. parts equally, yeah. honestly, because they're both done so well, and neither one of them feels like it's hitting you over the head right. uh, and drowning you in minutiae. Where it's just like, yeah, he's on the run, and then yeah. they're piecing together a mystery. Like, that's the point, and both of them work. 
Right. I suppose just because you know inherently that this movie's going to end well, mm. that like the chase kind of takes a backseat to the investigation at some point in the movie. Well, to be fair, I don't know that it's going to end well because it very much could be a thing where maybe Tommy Lee Jones doesn't piece it together. Or he sticks to his hard and fast rule of I don't bargain and I don't give a shit. And you think Harrison Ford is going to go to jail at the end of the movie? No, he might get shot. You know, like right. it might be one of those things where maybe he jumps in front of the bullet of someone's going to kill Tommy Lee or something like that. And he right. just sacrifices himself because he's a doctor and he does good. Right. Um, so I didn't necessarily, I most likely had a very strong inkling that that was yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this could have gone either way. The 90s has all kinds of twists and turns and horrible endings. So right. uh, it was certainly possible. I'm glad it didn't go that way, but. At no point was I like, okay, can we just get to the part where I know that Harrison Ford's going to be okay and this all works out in the end? Because there was that little bit of, maybe he'll get shot. Yep. They got an itchy trigger trigger finger. The cops want him dead. Like, it could be a thing where the guy from the helicopter swings back around again and shoots him. And Tommy Lee Jones has to just be like, you fucking idiots. And has to do a press conference of like, here's what happened. We figured out all the facts, unfortunately, and... The commotion, and because he was a wanted fugitive, uh, he did perish. And, yeah. like, that's how the movie ends, which would have been sad and awful, but was at least a possibility. <laughs> the Chicago cops are very Chicago. Oh, my God. Like, the glasses Chicago. and the mustache. Oh. oh, yeah. The hot dogs being passed around. <laughs> fucking precinct. <laughs> or Taco Bell. We weren't sure which we, one Yeah, was. I, Hot dog feels more Chicago. Definitely. Yeah. But it could have been burgers. It could have just been, like, a... A food truck that has yeah. tacos and burgers and hot dogs and all manner. It's like you telling me this man is renting out the room in your mother's basement. <laughs> oh, I love the scene where they pinch that guy because Harrison Ford thinks they're coming for him, mm-hmm. and he's just like freaking the fuck out. And again, they could they could get him multiple times right. throughout the movie, but yeah, that was great because I was like, all right, he's he's either going for the next door neighbor or maybe the sketchy Russian dude is is doing something he shouldn't be doing. Um, so I thought that was a great scene too. Yeah, a lot of good tension moments in this. Like even if you know that he's going to make it till the end in some form or fashion for it to culminate that way, it still feels like they're right on his tails and almost going to get him multiple times, and it never feels stupid. Yeah. Other than the leap, that's <laughs> the only one that feels stupid. What about what do you think of uh, Richard Kimball's friend in the movie, the Doctor? Um, what were your thoughts going into that? So I didn't peg him for being the mastermind. Uh, when he gave him up at the beginning, and was like, actually, he did come to see me. I just thought, it's just a guy covering his ass. He's a rich dude who's only looking out for himself. He doesn't want to be associated with a murder, whether he believes him or not. He doesn't want the, he doesn't want people coming around the hospital and causing a commotion. He doesn't want to be at his tennis club later that afternoon and have cops show up. Like It would impact his reputation, so of course he'd want to just be like, no, I saw him. He left. I gave him some cash. We're, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. Like I, I just helped a friend. But I'm telling you, so my hands are clean. So I didn't even think, like, wow, what a dick. Like, I wonder if he's in on this somehow. Right. Like, it never crossed my mind. I also saw that as him just being confident that you're not going to catch Harrison Ford either. Oh, yeah. When he, yeah, yeah. He he's absolutely like, he's, like, he's like, you're not going to catch him. I'll tell you. I saw him this morning. You're not going to see him again. Yeah. I love that where he's like, he's smart. And they just look at each other like, what What about us? We're smart. We're smart, guys. We could do this, right? You don't think we're smart? <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't peg him for being involved up until the phone call where he calls him at the gala. 
or the reception for the the like luncheon. Yeah, when he says, "Tell, tell bones." Yeah, tell bones. Uh, I need his help. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do that right now." I thought they would show him just like walk back to the table, and that would be the reveal of like, oh, "He didn't call bones. Oh no!" Um, but that was when I was like, "Okay, he's in on it." He didn't give it away, but I was like, the fact that he's back again, he's he's in on it somehow. Right. Whether or not he knew or was the ringleader, I didn't know. He's getting a lot of screen time, yeah. Yeah. And like he's has a French accent, which is Correct, yeah. yeah. Dead Villainous. Yeah. So But he's also there at the beginning. You can clearly tell that they're friends and friendly and that they're colleagues or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it him getting the screen time wasn't necessarily the giveaway. But just something about that phone conversation was like, no, he's he's covering something, and it's not he's not covering for Kimball, he's covering for himself. Right. Um, so that's when I was on to him, but I just I didn't know the extent. And then when Sykes calls the guy to be like, all right, I'm gonna go get him, and they don't show who's on the other end. And this is before we know the other guy died in the car wreck. I was like, oh, okay, it's probably him then, because they would have shown us the other guy. If the photo evidence that we saw is a hundred percent the correct assumption and takeaway, so that's what, and I kind of like pieced it together. But got it. Before that, no, no clue, no inkling whatsoever. So I suppose we're kind of there. We're at the hotel, right? Pretty much. I do like. There's a little bit of you know back and forth, back to the hospital. Have the conversation with Jane Lynch where they look over the cells. Oh right, yeah, gets yeah. the cells from Bones. Which even then, like, Bones helps him out and isn't like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, doesn't, we don't see that he wasn't informed ahead of time. So, like, they still don't even give that part away because Bones still helps him. Uh, but, yeah, we get Bones and then and then Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. And she explains that all of these test samples that have been submitted as part of a study are not from different patients. They're all from the same patient with yes. a healthy liver. Yep. So to foil this, and this is when it clicks for Richard. This is why they didn't want me involved. I was involved with the study. I would have blown the whistle on the fact mm-hmm. that this drug from Devlin McGregor it was causing liver problems. And so it's Lenz, the guy in the photo who was killed in the car accident. It's him who, it's that's who did it. And Jane Lynch points out all of these samples were switched you can see he signed off on them on the day he died yeah which is so way too coincidental forged yeah. it and she says who do you think it was and that's when he realizes it was french nickels <laughs> so i love his line there of like well where are you going going to see a friend going to see a friend and we have the train fight oh yeah sorry yeah, yeah. the um confrontation with the one-armed man and the janitor from scrubs and the janitor from scrubs started by a guy sitting across from him oh, yeah, reading great. a newspaper yeah. and you can see initially the guy makes the funniest reading face he's got these pursed lips like <laughs> and you can see the way he has the newspaper turned the front page with richard's face and mugshot plastered all over it is facing richard and the guy's reading the sports page or what have you. And then he turns it, looks up, makes eye contact, goes, hmm. <laughs> holds it and walks him... out of the car. Yeah, and Richard it's even so... gives him a nod like, eh, I'm just a regular guy. Yep. You should probably be chill. Maybe a little bit. Okay, bye. <laughs> he, like, he like smiles at him. Yeah. He does. He's like, 
It's it's not what you think. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just really, not. I didn't really kill my wife. Like, huh? Yeah. You were cool. He's like, I've been getting that all day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just got one of those faces. Yeah. And I remember being shocked by this the first time I saw it. You see the random citizen change cars, go to get the transit officer. Mm-hmm. And as you realize the transit officer is coming to get him, out of frame, the one-armed man stands up. And Mm -hmm. it's startling. Oh, shit. I wasn't expecting you here. Yeah, because we knew he was following him. But then he gets on a train and, like, you could lose him at that point. Like, it Mm -hmm. could just be. And they showed the car a lot. Right. So you would think that, and I'd have to go back and relook at it. Right. But they show him, they show the newspaper guy walking towards the one-armed man. Because the one-armed man comes in between the transit cop and Kimball. But I don't I don't remember seeing anybody in a trench coat, anybody that looked off. There was, like, a random guy. There was a woman on the train car. Like yeah. There were other people. And at no point, because I was kind of looking to be like, is he is he here? Like, did he follow him? Because I thought that guy was going to come from a different car entirely. But no, he was there with him in that car, surprisingly. Yeah. I think he's in one of those weird seats by the doors, but on the shorter edge, Mm -hmm. where there's a little bit of a barrier. Yep. And so he's just slightly obscured out of your view. Yep. That's my theory. (laughs) His little 38 pops out of his coat. Yeah. With his one good hand. His one good hand. Speaking of one good hand, because we glossed over the the guy that he goes to um, in the prison, where... Two different occasions do we find out, and the people find it funny, that the one-armed man that he thinks might be the guy was arrested for armed robbery. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they're both like, armed robbery? Okay. It's so (laughs) funny. I'm glad they revisited that joke. It's great. But fight the one-armed man. Kicked his ass, too. It was a big fight. I really like that fight a lot. Um, Because we don't get a lot of it. It's not... A first... shoot him out, punch him out. No. This is where you see Harrison Ford let loose. The first punch is great because he, oh. he pulls the handbrake or whatever for the passenger yes, brake. Yes, and then throws himself the into the punch. Square punch, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Checks, the cop is dead, but he handcuffs him to the rail in the car. Great move. Make, yeah. Starts making his way to downtown Chicago Hilton. Right. Where Devlin McGregor is holding a big gala mm-hmm. to celebrate their new drug. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the drug? Like Pantavrix or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Some stupid pharmaceutical name. It is... Provasic. Pro- that's right. Yeah. yeah. Which was the, the DU-90 or whatever it was mm-hmm. called that he had been working on. I like, like, over the radio, they're like, the officer down, he goes, what do you do, shoot a cop? It's like, Chicago Pete, he's gonna eat this guy alive. Yeah. yeah. yeah like those burgers. You got two in the chest. No coming back from that. No, you're not. He checks. He tries. Yeah. Gives him a quick... Mm. <laughs> no, but I liked, the, I liked him running away. He He's really great at leaping through windows in this movie. Yes. <laughs> he does, yeah. Goes through, breaks a lot of windows, leaps through a lot of windows, and then I love the slow walk in to the big ballroom when he's giving the speech where he's just like, this fucking guy... And he stands there with his arms crossed, like you would be if you were just like watching this from the back. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, okay, I just I'm listening, I'm listening intently, and I want to hear. And with every new thing that this guy's saying, it's just absolute utter bullshit coming out of his mouth. Of we worked really hard, we worked in partnership, not competition, and 
there's no side effects and it's great and I was on the team and everybody loves it and it's amazing and it's called pervasic and it's <laughs> and he's just like this motherfucker and as he continues then from that point walking through all the tables the hushed tones start mm-hmm. filling the room as everyone's like oh my god it's the guy it's the fugitive it's the titular fugitive <laughs> uh and just him kind of interrupting that I thought was great. And I'm glad it it was only the one line of like, oh, my friend's sick and I'm going to go help him. And not like, uh, this man's crazy. He's clearly a, a murderer and a killer. Like, somebody stop him and save me, the keynote speaker. Right, I'm right. important. Uh, and everyone just kind of like let it go, which I thought was good. Rather than him having to like fight off a bunch of random doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very easygoing room. Mm-hmm. Because they're not fighters, they're all, you know... They're doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Their hands are... They're, they're surgeons. Their yeah. hands are probably insured. Yeah. Can't but be you, throwing any punches. No, you don't want to be out of work for a long period of time. you got lives to save. It's true. They make their way to the roof. Mm-hmm. It turns into die hard for a minute. It yeah. does. I really thought that the dude was going over. I kind of thought that's how it was going to end of him slipping. A little Hans Gruber action. Yeah, him slipping or something of like, oh, I got to climb over this wall to escape a little bit. Oh no, I slipped. So I was glad that it didn't turn into a murder or an attempted murder where they got to like wash that away of like, oh, it turns out he was the killer the whole time. So the fact that you pushed him off a roof is good. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I like that fight. A lot of good hard punching. Like when he kicks his friend down the stairs and he just goes tumbling. He just tumbling like that, like head over foot. Just yeah. Like a doctor would fall down the stairs. Yeah. No grace whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go through No this... future in wrestling for that one. No, no. absolutely not. <laughs> uh, they go through the skylight, which in the moment I was like, damn, I wish that was a skylight to the ballroom because that would have been awesome. If they just crashed through, laying on a bunch of tables, doctors and their mistresses screaming everywhere as they run. And just, like, at Tommy Lee Jones's feet. Like, that would have been so badass. <laughs> but falling into the elevator was cool, yeah. though, too. Especially when you realize that it is an elevator. Because you can't tell at first. It's just, like, mm. it looks like they fell into a room. And then the elevator starts moving. You're like, oh, fuck. They're in an elevator. That's cool. <laughs> and that just means more running downstairs and running to catch them and, and all stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I did think that was really cool, too. And then we're in the laundry. And yeah. we're in the laundry. Another like the spooky laundry place. Room. There was a little too much steam in the laundry room for my taste. Like there was like smokestacks in there and a fog machine around every corner. But other than that, it was a nice like slow burn of an ending of who's going to get what. Because there are a lot of guns and a lot of people who want to get other people in this hallway corridor. Right. And I love Tommy Lee Jones just calling him out and being like, dude, you're not going to get out of here. But I know. And I'm on your side. And here's what I know. And it's all the things that you know. But I'm an authority figure. So me knowing is really important to you. You should probably just come out. And you should probably just like be okay. Because either I'm right. And you know that I'm right. Or I'm going to shoot you. So either way, like you're dead. (laughs) Either way, you're fucked. The cops are going to get you. And they're going to shoot you. So let's work together here in this moment to just end this shit now. So I thought that was cool. Uh, the, the one I feel bad for in this moment is Joe Pantoliano, who Ugh. gets a fucking eye beam to the face. That you're in a hospital for for a long time. Yeah, shatter your whole ocular situation. Yeah, your nose. Caved. 
Because Nichols doesn't push it that hard because he's trying to be quiet about it. Because if you rear back and whip that thing, yeah. it's going to make a lot of noise, chains rolling down that whatever track it's But the on. thing's probably weighs 500 pounds That's at least. That's the thing, yeah. So like, mm-hmm. even it's slow, which almost makes it worse because you see him pushing and you're like, oh, this can't be good. I wonder what's going to... Oh my God, he turned at the wrong moment. <laughs> yep. Um... I jumped. <laughs> I audibly gasped. <laughs> Joe... Loved working on this movie, really believed it was going to be a hit from the start, and did not want his character to die, and kept going, like, don't kill me. I know it looks bad, don't let me die. Yeah. I want to be, if there's a sequel, I want to be in it. Yeah. And I guess he's joked in later interviews, like, saying, I did everything I could when I fell over, I did extra leg twitches so I would look more lively, and not like, (laughs) just a corpse at the end. And he does, he is in U.S. Marshals, I believe. Oh, okay. So, so. he did good. He gets his, uh, he gets a sequel. Yeah. And vacation. Yeah. As he is Exclaiming put into the, the ambulance. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah, no, I like that whole ending sequence. I liked how it was slow, methodical. I like how Harrison Ford saves Tommy Lee in the end to just show one last time, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not an asshole. Please just help me. Right. Yeah, I like how they still bring him down in handcuffs or whatever mm-hmm. and into the and car. To, yeah. And then take the keys off. Yeah, he gives him the ice off. pack. He's just uh, yeah, tell him he's a nice guy. Yeah, don't tell anyone. Yeah. yeah. Telling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Then they ride off into the uh the moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> a little upbeat score and just a good solid ending to a really awesome movie. Now, have you guys seen... I know we've kind of danced around this a little bit. Have you seen U.S. Marshals? Yes. Okay. Is it a direct connection? Because you guys kind of seemed a little wishy-washy in the before part. Like, is it, he Tommy playing? Jones plays the same character. Name and everything? Or is it... Okay. Yes. I'll check that out. And I believe Wesley Snipes Wesley is Snipes the fugitive, is, yes. essentially. Oh, so is it the same movie, essentially, where he's an innocent man is being chased? Or... <sighs> I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I haven't seen it in years, and I've only seen part of it once because it was on cable. I don't know how one for one it is. Like, if it starts off with, like, false imprisonment, transportation goes awry. Yeah, I would assume if it's called U.S. Marshals, it's from his point of view, so you don't see any of that. He just shows up to the scene of a breakout. That might be it. They just call him in because it's like, hey, we got a runner. You got to get a... He skipped bail or whatever, and he's a wanted yeah. man now. I know there's more trains in this movie. The only thing that I remember is that there's like a great sequence on a train. Mm. You're right. Like on I top re- of a train. I feel like I remember like the trailer where they're like on a rooftop, and he's basically saying the uh, yeah. Know, we're back in Chicago. Or... There's elevated trains. I remember there's like a swamp at some point. I don't know where the fuck they are, <laughs> but I do remember like Tommy Lee Jones like. Like, not phoning it in. Like, it's the same sort of fun, scene-chewery shit you've seen in this one. Gruff and taking no shit. Right. Nice. I'll have to check that out, then. Because this was really good. Yeah. Definitely gonna buy it on VHS next time I go. If you see it, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. This is one that was like, it's like, you're not gonna have a hard time finding it. Yeah. No, I'm definitely, next time I'm out hunting, I'm definitely gonna pick this up, because that was a lot of fun. So, I think we gotta compare prosthetics over our four movies. Oh, I don't think anything beats Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I was going to no. say, yeah. Just because those... He's got the multiple ones, and they're lethal and ridiculous. Whereas, like, Hook just has the hook and the baseball mitt 
which is funny. He, he smokes a cigar with one at some point. He's got like a, a chalice as one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's Enter the Dragon. Yeah. The when the wooden hand, the Nicholas Cage <laughs> wooden hand is ridiculous, but it's only ridiculous because of the man it's attached to. Otherwise, it's kind of just like a normal thing. Yeah. Um, and this one's cool because it is kind of the central driving plot thread, essentially. Um, and we learn more about it and its practical nature and its screw mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see some of the other people with the orthotics, like, getting fitted for it and being like, and this is how it works and this is this or whatever. I do love the line, too, where it's like, he had a one, he like he had a prosthetic arm. Does it have the little clip? Like, does it oh, have yeah. the little <laughs> hook? <laughs> like, he's jealous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when he breaks down in the interrogation and starts crying, I'd never noticed until this watch that the cops are like, so how tall was he? Yeah. What color are his eyes? Yeah. How much did he weigh? How much? It's <laughs> just so ridiculous, the sight of this man crumbling. Right. Yeah. We can't help you until you help us with exact details of this man that you were fighting while your wife is dead in the other world. Yeah. What color was the arm? Yeah. Yeah, you get the cops outside the room. <laughs> yeah, no remorse whatsoever. Yeah, guy can't keep up with the questions. Book him. Yeah, Book we him. got him. I don't believe he's crying for a second. No, I still think it's Enter the Train. Yeah. In terms of coolest prosthetic. What do you think of Harrison Ford's performance? Great. Yeah, yeah. it was great. I uh, I don't think I was distracted by it being Harrison Ford. At no point did it feel like anything else that I'd seen him in. It, like it didn't feel like Blade Runner. Didn't feel like indie. Didn't feel like any of that stuff, which was nice. Because uh, that was the thing I was a little worried about. Uh, great beard. Dude's got to rock the beard. Yeah, he's got to get beard, yeah. And I know he does, like, in real life, but here it's just, like, the right amount of salt and pepper. Doesn't someone in the movie say he has a nice beard? Yeah. Yeah, someone's... Well, yeah, when he shaves it. And they're like, ah, hey, you had a good beard. You should keep the beard. Because I remember remarking, like, me too. I think it's also great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great beard. Definitely should keep it. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to shave it when you're on the run. But, yeah, I thought he did great. And it was, and like I said, it wasn't familiar to me, which was nice because that could have easily taken me out of the movie if he was just quipping like indie or just being suave like solo, you know? Right. Um, so it worked out that way. Would you be open to doing more '90s Harrison Ford thrillers now? I think so. Yeah, like I'd be down to check out like an Air Force One. I don't know if I'd go the Jack Ryan route, maybe. Yeah. Eh. Um, but I know that his, from what I think, his aren't the best ones of the Jack Ryan mm-hmm. sagas. Cause it's like Alec and him and Affleck. And then whoever else tries to do it now. Yeah. Um, Jim from the office, Jim from the office, uh, Captain Kirk from Star Trek reboot. The, one of the Chris's pine. Oh, Oh, I didn't realize he snuck in there. He did one of them. Like, okay. just one, and it didn't do well, I don't think. Um, and then, yeah, John Krasinski doing it in the, the series now. So, yeah, I don't know if I would check out those, but, yeah, like an Air Force One. I think an Air Force One yeah. is yeah. prime yeah. time. Yeah, so probably check check one of those out. Because, yeah, this was, this was good. I'm sad I avoided it for so long. See, but now you have it forever. Yeah. That's true. I did buy it. You did buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we insisted. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it's not available on streaming, it's going to be a rental. Or I'll just buy it because it's only it's really the same price. So, we're going to do that. I think I bought this in a DVD, like, four-pack of this, Lethal Weapon. Oh, it definitely came, like, in a quad. Or... Yeah, it was a quad, and it's just a good collection. Nice. Cool, any other thoughts from you guys, then, before we wrap things up? <sighs> this movie's great. 
<laughs> I'll always love it. I I always appreciate movies that move at a clip like this. Speed, like the newer Mad Max, like movies that just get right to the shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't need a whole act of something and then we get to like action. Like some movies just do that and they do that very well and this one does that. So yeah, no, the pacing's great. Mm-hmm. Really good pacing. It's a masterpiece. It's so much fun. It's got Harrison Ford. Got Perfect movie to recreate. Quintessential nineties cinema. Yeah. yeah. This will definitely go into the uh like rainy Saturday throwing it on. Mm-hmm. Or like this is the beat the beach washout day, you know, watch. Like uh yeah. Point Break, just something where it's like this is just a great fun popcorny thing, and this will this will get added to a rotation for sure. Um, but that'll do it for this week's episode of Fine. I'll watch it, and this will do it for uh, our monthly theme of Missing Hand March. Uh, remember, you can find every episode of Fine. I'll watch it every Thursday morning at nine a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also rate and review this show in app on both Apple Podcast and Spotify. Um, so give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. We appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Tell a friend if you like it, along with rating the show. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of The Fugitive, what you think of 90s Harrison Ford movies. What are some of your favorite Tommy Lee Jones movies? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.